You got that rocker, MJ in the house, otherwise known as Marty Janetti. You know how we do rocking and roll, starting and strolling, and we're doing it right here on the Rundown Wrestling Network. Keep on rocking. Yeah. Stay thong! Ladies and gentlemen, we are Tonight, we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. And this is the main event of the evening. Please welcome your host for today. Adam is here. Love me! Boy is here. Hey, I call them like I see them, alright? And Taz is here. I mean, Sal is here. Look at it this way. The first thing we've done together as a team. I grab my dick, you grab your dick. You work my arm, I work your arm. Same time. Same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Welcome. Each other's dicks anyway. Everybody. You're working it, and I'm loving it. Well, enough is enough. I'm going to The run back again for the first time in a while. But I'm not alone, thankfully. Joining me, Adam is here. Yes, who's back? Back again. Charlie is back. Tell some men. <laughs> guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? On your back. Come on your back. And joining us as well, Sal is here. Welcome back. Welcome back. We missed you, buddy. Is that a single Welcome yeah. Back Cotter song? Yeah, it's, it started like that Not and then it close. went off the rails. Not even close. Well, I haven't seen... Welcome back, Connor, and I don't know, 26 years. Racist. <laughs> no, it's... Don't even, uh, don't even elaborate. <laughs> no, no need to. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm here, and uh, I am going to do my best tonight, because we, uh, we took a little trip as a family out to uh, Shyocton Lake, and yes, yes. Um, so Shyocton Lake is a nice little, like, kind of secluded lake, and right across from it is a a gun range. So uh, while you're sitting there with your kids and building sandcastles and going swimming, you get to listen to people fire off guns the entire time. So uh, a nice, relaxing day at the lake. Very nice, very nice and relaxing. I. Uh, stupidly decided hey you know what uh i'm not normally the type of guy that uh will take my shirt off at the beach uh because i am a fat slob but i uh i I have been feeling a little bit better about my uh myself lately and i was like i'll go ahead and do that yeah so my entire chest is red and uh hurts like a bitch so (laughs) that was a mistake (laughs) Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was fun, and uh, yeah. Otherwise, it has been pretty much business as usual uh, over here. Uh, I appreciate everyone who has listened to uh, NXT UK and uh, NXT 2.0 uh, on uh, the Patreon and on the normal feeds, and I appreciate the people who have said some nice things about it, including Jason last week. Um, so yeah, I was I was very happy to hear all of that. So, Adam, what's been going on in your world this week? Uh, 
the dumbest fucking thing that's happened to me. So for those of you, for anyone who doesn't know, for my job, I deliver packages. Yeah. Uh, I, handle, I handle lots of packages. Um, and so the, the where I work, we have vans, which is just your standard Ram 3500 ProMaster van. And we have step vans, which is like the big trucks UPS drives. The big step van. And in order to drive the step vans, you have to get what's called a DOT card. So you have to take a physical, and they have to approve it and everything, and so you can get your little cards if they pull you over. That you can show it to the cop to show that, yes, I am allowed to drive this van. Because I have ADHD, I take Adderall. And because I'm on because Adderall is meth, in order to pass my physical, I had to get a note signed from my psychiatrist that says, yes, Adam takes Adderall, and Adam is capable of driving a vehicle on Adderall. Despite the fact that I've had this job for a year and a half now, driving vehicles on Adderall. So I take the form to my psychiatrist's office, and they scan it in, and that's fine. A few days later, I get a phone call. She needs an appointment with you to, to sign any documents, just so you're on the same page. So now we're wasting more time. Uh-huh. We do the stupid meeting, which is stupid. And then she goes, okay, I signed it, and I faxed it in, and it's all good. A few days after that, I get a, I get a piece of mail from the uh, clinic where I got the, the physical done. She signed both lines on the form. My psychiatrist signed both lines on the form. My psychiatrist Ugh. signed the line that says can drive and signed the line that says cannot drive. So they had to send me another form, which Ugh. I took back to the office today to have them scan back in so she could sign the one line she's supposed to sign and send it back. It's been two weeks trying to get this goddamn thing done. My psychiatrist's a fucking moron. But is she like 85 years old? No. What is the, why is, isn't she incapable of reading? Can sign? Can't can drive? Can't. The fact, can drive. the fact that we that she that I was told you have to have an appointment with her to go over this paperwork so you're on the same page and she knows what she's signing and she still fucked it up. I really want you uh, at your next appointment to just sit down and when they like she asks you like you know how things have been just start explaining the situation as if it's not her fault or that she wasn't a part of it <laughs> just be oh, like you wouldn't believe what i'm going through she called so, me because i took it over this morning i took it over this morning because i'm off today and obviously they were closed yesterday from memorial day so i took it over this morning and she called me this afternoon all apologetic i'm like it's fine just just fucking do it be like i want a free session for a month and the even the the even bester thing is is since we had to change insurance uh, when my wife changed jobs, uh, they don't take our new insurance, so I'm paying out of pocket for these uh, for these Zoom calls at 125 bucks a pop. Shut the fuck up. 125 bucks for a Zoom call. Yeah. For for an appointment with your psychiatrist. That lasts, First of all, that lasts maybe 25 minutes. First of all. That is ridiculous. That your insurance won't cover it, all right? Because you're not seeing her just because you want to. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, that's some bullshit, man. I would be fucking pissed. Yeah, that's the one. The one bad thing about about Emily changing jobs is the insurance. Because the insurance that she had through her old job was fucking fantastic. It was. Pr- 
probably the best insurance I've ever had. It covered fuck everything. Yeah, I have insurance like that now, but it cost me um, $550 a month. Oh, nice. That's the yeah. family plan, so I don't really have a choice. Yeah, my, my paychecks are eensy-beensy now. <laughs> like, I'll work, a full, I'll work a full week and I'll get like 200 bucks. Anyway. Sell. Yes, JT, the American medical system is needlessly complicated. Yeah. Needlessly in need of reform. Yes, Troy. What's been going on in your life, buddy? Well, um, it was my daughter's 10th birthday this past weekend. Yeah. Um, she had blasts. Uh, we had taken her to a water park the previous weekend because this weekend being Memorial Day, that was that's been booked up for months. But it was like one of those indoor water parks where you know. Oh, did you guys go to Coco Key? No, we went to the Great Wolf Lodge. Are you familiar with the Great Wolf Lodge? I feel like I know the name, but that's it. That's fun. It's got all this different stuff and, you know, one restaurant that costs like $800 to eat at if you actually decide to eat at that restaurant. Right. <laughs> um, but no, the kids had a blast. Water parks or water slides and all this stuff and... It was great, except for one thing happens every time I go to a water park. I come home sick every single time because there's so many little kids, especially in indoor water park. You're kind of asking that, for it. It's that fucking lazy river, dude. It's a fucking peach tree dish. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm getting over having a cold. You can kind of hear it in my voice. But other than that, it's been not too bad. It's been pretty good. Uh, minus the cold. <laughs> The other thing we did this weekend is we got the pool all set up because it was fucking 90 fuck degrees. We got the pool all set up. It's finally full. I got the, I got the thing going and it's going to be in, it's going to be 61 degrees tomorrow and raining and it's going to be 64 degrees on Thursday. <laughs> nice. Aren't you glad you got that pool all set up? Fucking better. <laughs> That's usually how it goes. Uh, so... I, as you may know, am a big horror fan. And a big horror and a big horror fan. Yep. <clears throat> I, I guess I should apologize. Yes, my Wisconsin accent makes me pronounce horror to be not the uh, the clearest, but I am a big horror fan. And Nobody pronounces that word properly without, <laughs> without specifically enunciating it. Right. Um, so, so my my new dealio uh, because we've been taking a break from from taught magic is Thursdays are uh, sort of my like recovery day um, when I'm not working out, and so I've been proceeding to watch like the worst fucking horror movies I can find, and <laughs> and there's a lot of them. But thankfully, uh, this weekend, uh, me and me and my wife were able to blast through the new season of Stranger Things. Um, Stranger Things, of course, is is a pretty big cultural phenomenon. So obviously, I, I would be shocked if people don't know what we're talking about. But I'm gonna make sure that uh, I'm not spoiling anything or anything really of uh, 
much importance, I should say. So we were we were watching the first episode of season four, and um, I, I guess if you don't want to hear anything about the new season, just go ahead and skip forward like two or three minutes. Um, but they have a Dungeons Dragons game that they play. And I am somebody that, that when I was younger, I played a lot of D&D. I played Dungeons and & Dragons. And now I was born in 1984, so I did not, so I, I technically did not grow up in the 80s. I was more a 90s kid, if anything. Um, but they still had that sort of stigma about it where I still would hear, you know, from parents and stuff like that, oh, satanic and all the devil and all that shit, right? So, here's the deal, right? So... I'm watching the new season of Stranger Things, and they have like a, an entire uh, campaign that they show, um, an entire D and D campaign. So, if you if you're not familiar with Dungeons and Dragons, it is a tabletop RPG game. Uh, there is a person called the Dungeon Master or the DM, and then there is the everybody else that plays is the party, and the DM. It's his job to uh, invent the worlds, invent the the creatures that are going in there. Like there's there's books that you can have. I got them right back here actually. Um, that will have like a whole compendium of monsters and stuff like that you can use. But it's you know it's the DM's job to essentially build the whole world. And so I'm watching the new season, and they've got this character who's DMing, and they've got like this campaign that's going on. And at the end of it, the dude is, like, super proud and, like, super happy with how things turned out. And I was like, holy shit, it has been such a long time since I've seen, like, an actual depiction of what D&D actually is. Because the trope is always that the DM is this huge prick or antagonistic towards the rest of the people and like power hungry and like just a complete asshole you know and it's like for people who have actually played like that's not like sure there are people out there that are assholes that are going to be that way but they're few and far between generally you're getting together as friends and having fun and they actually showed like I was like I'm like that's so fucking refreshing just to see like (laughs) people actually having fun and it's like, that's actually what the game is. It's just fun, you know? And, like, so often it's become this thing where, like I said, it's like this fucking dude in a big wizard cloak and going, hey, strike everybody, you down! Everybody shows up in cosplay of their own character. Yeah, I, I can I can assure you, I have... Uh, I was always the DM for my friends because I, I was, you know, at least the most creative in terms of, like, world building and storytelling and things like that. I never, ever dressed up as a wizard or did any kind of cosplay at all. And I can assure you that every one of my friends that was that were around the, the table or playing at that never did it either. And our campaigns were always, yes, they would get off the rails sometimes, but you just, you understand that going into it. Like, I would make a world, and, and my position as DM is to turn around and make sure they have fun. You know, it's not to try to beat them. It's not to put immovable ob- objects in their way so that they they fail. It's so they they can have fun. You know, right. 
And so, like I said, when I was watching it, I was like, that is probably the most real depiction that I've seen in a long time of what it actually is. Sure, do you know who Stephen Lynch is? Uh, somebody who doesn't like black people? No, who's Stephen Lynch? I don't know. Stephen Lynch is a, is a singing comedian. Uh, has a whole bunch of songs. But okay. look up a, a song by him called D&D. Okay. Um, just for future reference. Um, not right now. <laughs> I'm not looking up uh, right now. I'm listening to you. <laughs> Stephen Stephen Lynch. Okay. Yeah. I got the. Yeah. Uh, I got nothing else before we dive in. Okay. Wait. So you're not gonna come? <laughs> okay. Um, well, if he right. if he's never played D and D, he doesn't really have he, yeah he doesn't no, have, okay, have no, a comment I, on I that. Have, I, I have not played D and did play Magic the Gathering at one point. Well, I was like eleven or twelve for a couple no. years. Um, and I know that's very different. But but what I was gonna say is I feel like Stranger Things has always done that. They've always represented that game well. Yeah, it, it does feel different when I watch it on Stranger Things than on, like you said, the classic tropes. Um, what I think Stranger Things has done a really nice job of this season, again, without any spoilers, is they kind of, they're staying true to their roots. A lot of people originally loved it because it was such an homage to all the, you know, uh, old 80s films. Mm-hmm. And there were certain tropes during this season, but they were that way in, like, the 80s, too. You know what I mean? Like the Russian prison. Like, right. That's not spoilery. I mean, that's in the, the trailer. So, right. But yeah, that's very 80s. And I, I, I appreciate the callbacks like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, I mean, they're, they're a little before my time, obviously, because I was born in 84. But yeah, go ahead, Adam. I was just going to say, I haven't seen Stranger Things, anything named Stranger Things. It's on my list. I'll get to it at some point. Um,. Never got into D and D. Never got into magic. Emily has been trying to get me to play Hearthstone, mm-hmm. uh, but I know I know for a fact that I I would not enjoy it as uh, as much or in the same way as she does because my brain does not work that way. Yeah. That is far too much of a st- strategy thinking game than I am able to handle. See, you I could play Cards Against Humanity, right? Yeah. So it's I mean, all that, it's all in the same, the same vein. thing at all. No, but it's in the, but it's in the same vein. But it look um, Hearthstone is is obviously a lot more complicated than than what you're looking at. But you know it's it's all about getting friends together. I mean, I was I was big into to Pokemon cards. I was big into Yu Gi Oh. Um, you know, then obviously you know we'd we'd get uh, all the friends together and just sit around and and play like PlayStation One and shit like that. And, like you know we're all we're all in that. Um, I do have a, I mean, I have a ton of, of D&D stories, but probably the funniest. Um, so I, I had, you know, I, I had my whole kind of inner circle of friends. Um, and we uh, we went over to my buddy's house one time. And we were all, like, in another, in, in a, a room off of their, like, basement room. And they had and their basement room had, like, a TV and a couch and stuff like that. And they had, like, a little room that they had, like, a, a card table set up. And we would always play on that. So we're sitting there. And we're just going through uh, a campaign, and my friend's little brother uh, was supposed to be in bed. 
And so we're sitting there and we're we're going through and it was perfect timing. Collectively there was like a pause. All of us didn't say a word just naturally. And in that time period, coming from the next room, we hear and my buddy just looks over and goes, Porn! And we all rush out of the room into the next one. And his little brother is just <laughs> trying to quickly, like, dive out of the way and stuff like that and turn off the TV. <laughs> it was just one of those fucking perfect moments. And, of course, he just, he fucking leaves. He runs off into that. Of course, we turn it back on. It's like, sure enough, he was fucking watching porn. <laughs> just great. Oh man, the, the I mean, VHS born man. <laughs> that was the a great thing. The good old days of VHS born, where you where you'd wear out the money shot. <laughs> Tape would get a little wonky because you paused it and we wound it too many times. Oh man, the good old days. That's scramb- that scrambled channel where you just listen and every so often, oh, I think that was a nipple. Yep. No, I thought I thought. You just you just listen to the to the noises coming from it too, and you just be like, oh, there we go. Yep, she's liking it. <laughs> oh man. So, uh, welcome everybody to uh, Prediction Week. Yeah, welcome to Prediction Week, uh, where we're going to have we have two different special premium events to predict, and we've got one to talk about that happens. So why don't we go ahead and start with what happened last week, which would be AEW's Double or Nothing. Uh, special thank you to the people who uh, put in predictions. That would be Professor of Dick Dicking and soon to be recognized as Dr. Bruno Tomas. Brother, you're going to have to get a new gimmick because uh, those guys are not <laughs> Grizzled Young Vets anymore. Uh, Adrenaline in my soul, Brandy Rhodes for WWE's new CEO. Uh, God's Juggalo. Uh, all of us hosts, Sal, myself, Adam, Jason. Welcome to the house at Dickel Locos Fuckton. And send Fetus Roadhausen. So, thank you, uh, everybody. Awesome. <laughs> If you're listening to this, you can go ahead, uh, and later on we will have uh, two more events for you to predict for us. But, uh, yeah, let's get into it. So the the pre-show, uh, or the buy-in, I'm not even going to ask because guess what? Most people didn't see this, as the Bleacher Report app decided, eh, <laughs> we're not going to show that right now. Uh, but Hookhausen, the team of Hook and Danhausen, Beat Tony Nice and Smart Mark Sterling. Wait, Hookhausen won? Yes. I'm shocked. Everybody except for Bruno and Dicko Loco got a point for that. So that'll take us to our first match. And our first okay. match comes with a lot of um, news. Can I just can I just mention something about the Hookhausen match? I wish you wouldn't, but go ahead. <laughs> Um, credit where credit is due. Smart Mark Sterling in just a hilarious getup. Just what you would think a manager would wear. A gimp suit? Match. Uh, it, no, it was like... Gimp suit. Well, you remember his his first first match uh, 
whoever he fought when he was MJF's lawyer was was a similar outfit except just in red except in red, white, and blue. It was yes. Like, so it was silver and yellow to match Tony Nese. Yes. It was that's it. That's all I wanted to say. Okay. Um Fair enough. Uh yeah. So we got uh, a bit of weird news to start off the day, or yesterday. The, sorry, the day before. Saturday. Saturday, we got some news. And it, of course, was that MJF did not show up to a signing with a bunch of fans in attendance. So apparently the fans paid $100 specifically to see him. And you had to kind of pay for a bunch of different wrestlers. Now, Samoa Joe was also booked there, but apparently nobody told him that. And so he booked something else because nobody told him he was booked for it. So he didn't show up, but AEW was just like, eh, that was our bad. Uh, The Hardy Boys were booked for it, were told in advance, and still showed up late. (laughs) So... We got. What's up? I said your pizza's ready. Uh, no, it's my buddy. Uh, he, he messages me a lot. Uh, in in bursts, like I'll get like thirty seven messages if I don't shut it off right now. Um, so <laughs> so yeah. So we got. Oh, MJF didn't show up for the signing, and we know of course that MJF and AEW have been at odds right now over over this contract, right? So the history on that is uh, obviously MJF signed with everybody else to start with AEW. And at the time, all of the people who were the all elite people were given a a general base salary of $40,000. Less than I think most of us make. And people like the Bucks and Cody and... Uh, you know, the the guys that have the dual roles were given more money because it makes sense, you know? You got, you know, Jericho and stuff like that that wound up making a lot more money. At some point in time in the year after that, MJF signed a contract extension in order to get more money and apparently makes about $70,000 a year. And... Dr. Britt Baker signed a contract extension where she gets paid $500,000 a year. And so MJF, who sits there and goes, I'm on every card, is going, I should get more money than that. And since I signed that contract for $70,000 a year, you've turned around and given Mark Henry $500,000 a year, and the motherfucker is a commentator... (laughs) I shut you off. Shut up. (laughs) And uh, also turned around and signed just every single ex-WWE person he can. And every single one of those people makes more than MJF. So um, this is a very difficult situation because I can understand his frustration. I mean, depending on who you listen to, that's why Cody left. Right. So I can... Before before we get into his... Let's continue, because there there is more to the story. Okay. So, um, 
then uh, Simp was tweeting out uh, just whatever information people would throw at him, whether it was verified or not. He claimed that there was that MJF got on a plane and left Vegas. That never happened. Um, yes. So Simp, Simp, and Alvarez were both misreporting information to each other. Yes, very much so. Um, yeah, we got a lot of MJF is is now gone. He's not there anymore. We got oh no, he's here. It's actually just like they're trying to build up uh, talk over the match. And then it was trying to build. A, yeah, they're trying to make. Yeah, it, it was it was a shoot. It was a work. No, it was a work that turned into a shoot. It's a shoot that turned into a work. It just. These, so then Sunday comes. Well, no, hold on. Nobody knows what's going on. Hold on. These assholes deserve every second of this. Oh, yeah. Because, because they sit there and they have fed into all, so much of this bullshit. They deserve to be worked by AEW. And Simp gets pissy because of the fact that they feed him misinformation, and then he reports it, and then he looks like an asshole. Trust me, even if they weren't doing that, he'd still look like an asshole. But yeah, so... <laughs> People were it's sitting funny there. How it works when you are an asshole. Yeah. So it was like leading up to the event, people were still saying, oh, he's not on. Other people were saying, oh, no, the match is still completely booked. And you started the show off with MGF coming out. So the word we got afterwards was that MGF got into it with Tony Khan. And Tony was like, MGF's at a bad place, so just make sure he doesn't go to the to the signing. So now it wasn't that he no-showed, no it was that he was told don't go to it. But they still never told anybody at the event until after it began, hey, by the way, MJF's not here. And turned around and said, we'll either give you a refund, or you can put that money towards meeting Mark Henry or some shit like that. Sean Dean! <laughs> yep. So, if, uh, so that is your typical carny bullshit that they pulled. Because if you knew he wasn't going to be there, or if you told him he wasn't going to be there, let the fans know that. Because I guarantee you there was quite a few people that showed up, particularly just to see MJF, who probably, you know, flew in the day earlier, paid an extra day for a hotel to make sure they could go to this meet and greet before it, and spent a lot more money than just the $100 they paid you. But I digress. So yeah... The other aspect of this is people are saying, oh, MJF is going to miss the next couple of weeks because they're still working on things and this was just to like write him off. Um, or that he he showed up a minute before his match, did his match, and then left immediately afterwards. You're getting all of the, the like, AEW controls the narrative because they have NDAs. You know? We know that. So we're not going to hear anything from NJF until after he is out of that contract and out of that N uh, NDA. Which, by the way, Joey Janela is going to do pretty soon. Which should be very interesting to hear what he's got to say about what's going on behind, behind closed doors there. So, alright. Um, the match itself, Wardlow beats MJF. Uh, everyone except for Bruno and Dickaloka get a point. And Wardlow is announced as signing with AEW. Even though he already was, yeah. but kayfabe wise, Wardlow is all Wardlow is all elite. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Graphic which character. which got a big pop. Good for him. Right. So now he's. I have no problem with Wardlow. So now he's no making seventy k. <laughs> Maybe. I, who knows? Maybe. But it is interesting to note, um, although it wasn't a Jeff Jarrett Hulk Hogan situation, 
It was um, a five-minute match that really was a one-minute match because MJF spent a lot of time, you know, uh, going to the outside and and trying to avoid contact with uh, Wardlow. But as soon as Wardlow caught him, it was ten power bombs. And when they stretched him out, I knew, and well, in my opinion, I think that was to get him off TV until whatever they need to sort out is sorted out. Um, which is much better than him just not showing up at the pay-per-view. And I'm wondering if he was thinking of going home, did Tony Khan threaten, like, legal action against him? Like, hey, I'll sue you for breach of contract if you don't show up at this pay-per-view. I don't know. Maybe. But um, I don't think we see MJF on TV for a while, and problem is he's very much told us that it's 2024, so that's that's at least a year and a half, depending on when he signed. So, are you going to ice MJF on the bench for a year and a half? Well, so there, therein lies the problem, right? Because AEW is looked at as they're changing the way that wrestling is done. And they would never do those evil things that WWE does, like freeze people's contracts. Or there was a whole hashtag free... Uh, Mustafa Ali tweet going around and uh, yeah it was all oh, the evil WWE holding on to him. he doesn't want to be there anymore well here you've got a guy who we keep hearing doesn't want to be there anymore and he's not free he didn't get fired he didn't get released right and if you're if you're AEW I'm sure you look at it and go well MJF there's money there we know that and you also look at it as if they get rid of MJF, we all know where he's going. And we all know AW is has already lost Cody and he is a huge deal. And they already lost some of their, their you know, up some of their up and coming guys like Nathan Frazier and Cora Jade. You know, and they've start, they continue to miss out on some people like like Roxy and things like that. So MJF going over there WWE would probably make him a big deal, and it would be the optics again of here's another guy that left AEW and made it huge, you know. So AEW, but th- this is again they, they did this to themselves, and you know Jason talked about he he added up the the contracts that we know about of the X WWE guys, and said that's more than AEW makes per year in TV rights. So, while that is the excuse I'm sure AEW is using why they can't pay MJF more money, that's not MJF's fault. <laughs> you know? He didn't turn around and give Sting $500,000 to sit at ringside. You know? So, again, I understand, hey, MJF signed the contract, but things do change. And WWE has always been really good about if they start using guys... In, in a higher capacity than they were, they typically give them a pay increase. They'll sometimes. Well, that depends. Stone Cold Steve Austin walked in when he was Intercontinental Champion and said, "Pay me more," and Vince said, "Pay him more." Sure. That Jeff was... Jarrett walked in and said, "Pay me more," and they said, "Get the fuck out." Well, again, that's different. Jeff Jarrett is not at the same level that MJF is within AEW. Jeff Jarrett was a mid-card asshole and was a piece of shit to work with. MJF is a 
upper mid card asshole. <laughs> but he's a I mean he's a he's guy a that pillar. Yeah, he's a guy that they have they have pillar, that they that they continue to say is a big part of their programming. Whereas Jeff Jarrett was not that. But anyways, Jeff Jarrett did eventually get paid. So he's yes. back there well, working again. So look, uh, I, I gotta be honest. It, it personally I think Tony Khan should back up the Brinks truck for MJF. He is a once-in-a-generational talent. He's fantastic on the mic. And like you said, we all know where he's going if he gets released. <laughs> but because Tony Khan put himself in this position, like you said, they gave way too much money to XWB guys because they thought that would pop the ratings. It didn't. And they and they, we're talking millions of dollars. So now he's turning around to his, his roster. Well, I can't afford to give you any more. I've already spent $5 million on Punk and Ambrose. Like... I don't. I understand the roster is going to get upset. Guys like Janela, who gives a fuck? Guys like MJF, you have to pay them, right. or else you're going to set a very bad, bad precedent for the other guys like Jungle Boy and Darby and and Sammy and all the young talent you have. Well, and like I said, that's that's what you kind of look at. You go, MJF is a guy that yes, when you signed him, he was a relative unknown, and he blew up. But you know what? Roman Reigns, nobody knew about, and I guarantee you he's making a shit ton of money because he's their main eventer. Drew McIntyre, when he came back, I guarantee you he got a pay increase once he was world champion again, and was and was you know going through the pandemic era, you know, as as like the top guy and stuff like that. You you pay it, and we keep hearing AEW is is run by this billionaire or son of a billionaire, like. By all means, he should have the money. And if he doesn't, he's doing something wrong. Now, yeah. well, like you said, he just gave five hundred thousand to Brippy. Right. But I guarantee <sighs> you, that's not the contract she originally signed. Exactly. No, there's there's no fucking way that's what she was brought in on. But because she was the face of the women's division, he paid her. Now, the question of paying Paul White and paying Mark Henry and Sting, these guys that don't work a lot or at all that's baffling the fact that cm punk is making two million dollars a year for a company that only brings in 43 million dollars total for their their tv deal is astonishing that you would use two million dollars of that for cm punk who by the way didn't bring in any new viewers (laughs) okay well see here's the thing with punk though I I get why you paid him because there were rumors of him coming in when AEW launched, and there's always a back and forth of oh you know Cody didn't give him a serious offer and he was like text me when you give me a real offer or something. So obviously Tony Khan wanted him for a while, and this is a guy who left wrestling. So I I understand giving him two million or three million whatever, especially if that's what you gave Moxley and Jericho. Right. But like you said. Big Show, Mark Henry, Taz, and why are we paying these guys? So if you if if you believe some of the rumors, um, like you're paying Dusty Dustin Rhodes two million dollars. I don't know. Maybe. Of course they they I mean, don't. He got brought in right at the beginning when Cody was still there, so it wouldn't shock yeah. me. But, um, yeah, you've got, 
Um, well, this is this this one says 600k for Dustin Rhodes, but still, it's a lot more than 70k, and Dustin Rhodes isn't on every pay per view, and isn't turning around and, and you know, and working his ass off and things like that. Dustin Rhodes is just there. Uh, Matt Hardy 500k, you know, the Lucha Bros 400k, and you can't pay MJF more than seventy thousand dollars. Like that's kind of baffling to me. And it, I, again, and it's it's the case of MJF seems to be willing to sign for more money and and be happy for the rest of his contract, but AEW wants him then to extend out his contract. Which, I'm sorry, like you have to sometimes make some concessions, right? And well, we do see that in sports. Like here, sign a six year. Right, right, and that and that. No, I don't want yeah. it. You know and I mean? that will happen, but you'll also see it in sports sometimes where guys will just turn around and and they'll they'll say, okay, well, you know, you got two years left in this deal. Let's just fucking void that deal and we'll sign you to a new two year deal where you're making more money, kind of thing. You know, just because the alternative is they just don't show up for work. <laughs> you know. And MJF is the kind of guy who I could see just being like, all right, I just won't show up then. And I'm sure that'll damage his brand a little bit, but it'll also damage AEW's brand a little bit too. So, you know, WWE's in a, in a position where they can weather the storm on things like that. They can they can they can deal with thing, hashtag free Mustafa Ali because that's not it's going to be a drop of the bucket aw is not a company that can afford really that much bad will which is why they spend so much money on making sure that the internet loves them that's true that's true um does this give bargaining power in 2024 to vince can he be like like it like if he knows it's really bad with with tony khan and mjf can can Vince and Big Johnny turn around and be like, "Well, kid, we'll give you 300k and start your next season. See how you do." Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't. I don't think that they don't have to sign MJF. Well, no, they they don't. But I don't. I don't think that they're that they would really lowball him or anything like that. I I think that they're they're to a point now where I think that they they would much rather. Uh, just give him whatever he wants and bring him in just to make AW look bad. So, Adam. KT in the chat says, say the stars align and MJF goes to the dub as MFJ or whatever. Who would you have as his first program? I could watch him versus Eli Drake, Max Dupree, whatever else Vinnie Mac calls him. The first thing that popped in my head is aligning him with the Miz. Sure. Because no. I feel like those two would go together quite well, but um, I don't know who they'd face off against. Um, I mean, I think it would be funny if you had him start a fight with Cody. Hell yeah! <laughs> I mean, I. Uh, but as, as far as like a WWE guy, like no, MJF's a really great heel, so he should be. Immediately picking a fight with with a with a fan favorite like a AJ Styles or or like a Finn Balor or something like that. Yeah. I mean he's also he's also a very young guy, so I could see MJF for Balor would probably do that again. Yeah, I I can I can see them looking at it as like go in there against Ricochet, you know, go in there against you know some of the other young guys that they have around there to sort of build yourself up. You know, um, you don't. You can take your time with the guy because he's a younger dude, you know. 
So sure. I I'd almost think that uh, I mean you're looking at a dude who if you if you brought him into WWE only about six hundred thousand people actually know who the fuck he is of your fan base. So you know so you can you can remake him in whatever image you want. Do you start him on the main roster or do you start him in NXT? You know, I almost feel like he would work really well in an NXT. Um, and I feel like him coming in would be... See, if you put him in NXT, you can instantly have him go after Braun Breaker. Yeah. Because I think that his ability to talk, you know, uh, would go a long way. And, yeah, you could... Him against Cameron Grimes would be good, too. Well, yeah. Cameron, I mean, Cameron against anyone would be good because it's fucking Cameron, haha, Grimes. <laughs> right. So, um, comes in as Max know, Goldman. You know what's funny is I was thinking MJF. I'm sure people in, in WWE see him as talented, but they don't. I don't think they see him as the be all end all because you line up Austin Theory next to MJF, and there's not. That's much of a gap in someone like Vince's eyes. You know what I mean? Like MJF's not, for lack of a better term, six foot eight. He's actually a lot shorter than that. So yeah, he's got a mouth on him, but does Vince really see him as like a main eventer? I don't know about that. Well, I think. Whereas on the other side of the coin, Tony Khan needs MJF in this company if he's going to even think of succeeding. Well, remember, there's a there's a reason why you've got a, a guy like T-Bar that can be a world champion at a at a small place and come up and be a jobber on the main roster because right. you know uh, MJF is a dude who is probably mid card to upper mid card in WWE and he's a he's a big fish in a small pond in AEW. As much as as much as they don't want to admit it, they're not on the level of WWE, and their best talent still is nowhere near as good as the best talent of WWE. So, well, that's that's the thing. I look at somebody like Carmelo Hayes, uh-huh. Austin Theory, and I'm like, these guys are practically already doing the MGM. Right. Theory. Yeah. All right. So, Wardlow gets the win. Uh, MJ- one more, just, just one more thing. There's one more thing mm-hmm. on that. Um, cage match has the match at seven and a half minutes. Like Sal said, it was really like four and a half, given all the outside of the ring shit at the yep. beginning. I love that for that for a match that length of time, we we got to watch Wardlow do the entire Goldberg in the in the entrance. Yep. <laughs> so. Yeah, MJF gets powerbombed to shit. Um, and then apparently we learn that he can breathe through his eyeballs. Yes. <laughs> breathe through my eyeballs. <laughs> I, of course, love the meme of, I don't believe that that man has ever been to medical school. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's... Uh, man. We're, we're not going to get bogged down with like you know pointing out every single fucking botch tonight, but... Generally, if you're going to hire uh, extras, you know, um, you expect those extras to be able to do, oh, you know, a, a enough of a good job so that you don't notice how bad. Putting the fucking 
uh, face mask over MJF's eyes instead of his mouth. It's just like at least they got the nose. yeah. And then I mean, this is the same company that the fucking security that they had for Wardlow last week was like guys that you, oh my god it was like it was like i understand that a lot of your roster doesn't look intimidating but you need to hire security guards that at least look as intimidating as your wrestlers and hiring the dude for, that works at the local 711 is not going to cut it <laughs> and also not send them through the cage door one at a time. Yeah. <laughs> well, then that one just got fucking powerbombed into the Shadow Realm. And yeah. Speaking of which, speaking of the cage match, we are we were back this week to no room between the cage and the ring. It's, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So they so they either bought they either constructed a special bigger cage for <laughs> Brit versus Thunder Rosa, or that was a smaller. Mm-hmm. Could be either one, honestly. Right. I can't imagine that that's good for the worker. Again, I've never stepped foot in a wrestling ring. But I can't imagine constantly changing the size of your ring. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're if you're working for one company, you expect it to be consistent, right? Like, obviously, yeah. if, if somebody's showing up at APW, it might be a different ring than is over at uh, Elks on Fire or something like that. So, I, I get that. But yeah, if you're going into to AEW and you're like, hey, uh, this is not the same ring as before, right? <laughs> I, I Well, even that, if you remember back in, back in 2001, all the stories of all the, uh, all the WCW guys who had to go to whatever the... F- whatever the farm team was at, at that point mm. to get used to running a 20 yeah. foot ring as opposed to the 18 foot ring that WCW because yep. it's a completely different area. right uh, but going back to uh, going back to MJF only making $70,000 a year uh, and taking an unprotected chair shot to yep. the head for for a company that claimed that they were going to do things differently and take care of their workers and give them benefits and make sure that they had a union and stuff like that, sure as shit doesn't look like they're keeping their promises on that. <laughs> and no, that went out the window. Like guarantee guarantee you that part of that seventy k that he makes he's not getting because it's going to his own personal insurance. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Next up, the Hardy Boys defeat the Young Bucks. Dicko, Jason, Adam, and Gods of Juggalo all get a point. And so we got to watch the further destruction of Jeff Hardy. It's just sad. So... No, 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 no. I don't feel bad. For no, no, I didn't say I didn't. I don't. I, I'm not saying that as in like I feel bad for him. It's just I didn't say I felt bad. I just for said him. it was sad. sad. Yeah, <laughs> it's just sad to see. True, but, there is a there is a difference. There yeah. Is. So Jeff Hardy was removed from the ten man tag team match that is taking place on Wednesday, um, which of course also meant that Adam Cole was removed from his side of it to make sure that it is now just an eight man match instead of a ten man match. 
And the reasoning was was that Jeff is in quote unquote bad shape, and it was blamed on the Darby Allen match and this match here, and it has absolutely nothing to do with drugs. Absolutely not. <laughs> well, no, he said he said last he said on Dynamite last week that AEW was a clean yes. slate. Yes. To be to be fair. It wouldn't shock me if his body is well, sure. down all over the place. Do you see the stupid shit he does in this company? Like, Jeff, you severed your spine. Well, I did jump off a fucking gym roof. You know, there's there's a reason why he was used the way he was in WWE. As much as people people want to shit on, on the way WWE treats his people, they do try to prolong people's careers. Sheamus was in the bar to prolong his career he's yeah he is in another faction to prolong his career he should be done he has spinal stenosis he should be done but they have kept him around they tried the same thing with Paige they've tried the same thing with a lot of different people and Jeff was being used in a certain way and being told not to do certain things like jumping off the top of a fucking ladder onto people in order to make sure that they could get a little bit more run out of him. And this is the dude who was supposed to have a feud with Roman Reigns and his brother convinced him, hey, walk through the crowd and act like you're drunk so they'll fire you and you can come and die (laughs) over an AEW. His brother convinced him, or they were like, "Hey, we'll give you a win over the Bucks on pay per view at your end." Well, all right. If if you again, it's if you believe what what has been talked about in hushed tones because he can't talk about an NDAs. uh, Matt was telling Jeff how to get out of his contract, was helping him get out, and was like recruiting him because, of course, Matt Hardy is not relevant without his brother. So he made sure to bring Jeff over with him to AEW. The the Sklar brothers have this bit that uh, I don't remember if it's not an old special or if it was just on they used to talk about it on their old podcast. Where it's like every posse has to have a no man. Every posse has to have a has has to have a guy who when whoever the big celebrity is that's in charge of the posse comes up with a stupid fucking idea. There's one guy there to go, and no. We're not going to do that. So Jeff Hardy is now in AEW with his brother, with the Bucks, with the Elite, and there is no fucking no man in AEW for anyone. It, was, it wasn't for Jeff and T in the DNA right. either. Well, he did a bunch of stupid shit over there. See, that's why when you hear about these, like, the creative plans for this person was this dumb shit. Uh, typically, it's one writer that came up with a dumb fucking idea, shared it with the wrestler, and it was always going to get turned down, or did get turned down because cooler heads prevailed on it, but that wrestler just runs with it because they can fed bad at them. You know? Like, I, you had Tony Storm being like, they were going to strip me. It's like, yeah. It turned out that it was just one of the writers that was like, hey, let's try to do this. I want to do this. Mostly because he wanted to jerk off. And then everyone else told him, no, we're not going to do that, and it didn't happen. But the internet takes it as, Vince McMahon wanted to have her titties fucking taken out, and, you know, she was going to get cream pie right on stage there. and it, You know, it's that kind of bullshit where it's like, yeah, there's, 
to be fair, if Vince didn't do that shit in the past, there wouldn't exist that narrative. Well, again, if you look at any, Barkley if you dog. look at anybody's past for the past forty years, you're gonna find some shit. So yes, you can turn around and you can look twenty years ago and say, "Oh, Vince McMahon's doing that," but it is a different time. Now, if you if, KT, KT with a good point in chat says, "You think the No Man bailed on the company to go fight Seth Rollins?" At yes, Mania? I fully believe that. Yeah, I fully be, fully yeah, believe man. that Cody was the one who kept sitting there and saying, "Hey, let's not have you guys dress as Ghostbusters. That looks stupid." And they went, "Fuck you, Cody," and that's why he left. Because <laughs> <laughs> I I do I have a feeling he was the adult in the group of toddlers. And just got sick of having to deal with everyone's bullshit of going, hey, you think it'd be be cool if I, like, uh, did, like, a 650 off the top of a ladder into 14 flaming chairs? Like, no. <laughs> I'm going to so, do it anyways. <laughs> on, on one of AEW's very first shows, I don't think it was, it was Double Night. That might have been the month after. Um, or maybe it was Double Up in 2019. But Cody had a very heavily thought out uh, deeply like affectionate story with his brother Dustin like that was that's what he wanted to do for his first program in AEW and meanwhile the Bucks and Kenny dressed up like street fighters so (laughs) there was all there was that difference of opinion right from the get go in my opinion I think you're right. I think Cody got sick of it. You could tell by the end. His booking was awful. By the way, shout out to your, your chat with Tobut Butney as the new name for Tony Khan. <laughs> Butts spot, spots on fire. <laughs> All right. Um, Who got a point? Uh, Dicko, Jason, Adam, and God's Juggalo for the Hardys beating the Bucks. You already said that. I don't think he did. He did at the mm. beginning before we started okay. talking about it. It's okay. That. Fine. I just do what you tell me to do. Uh, yeah, it's like it's to, to, to Sal's point at the at the last thing there. Back when AEW started, and Jim Cornette was was just making fun of it and saying, "Oh, it's Outlaw Mud Show," and you're just like, "Shut up, old man!" And now that we get into it, we're like, "Oh, shit!" Jim Cornette was right. A little bit. A little bit. He's not <laughs> right about a lot of things. But he definitely was right about the fact that AEW, even though they even though they have a lot of fans and they have a lot of hardcore fans, they are not a professional company. The way that they interact with their fans, the way that they interact with people that dare to say something negative towards them, the way that they interact with each other, <laughs> it's just a because look who's well, in yeah. charge. It's not even who's in charge. Some of the people they brought into that company from the beginning. The Bucks? Dude, the Bucks are like some of the most immature, selfish people in the world. And and they there is no there is no boss capable in that company capable of talking. All you have to, all you have right. to do is look at the the post event scrum that Tony Khan puts on. Oh my where God. he sits there it honestly reminds me of when Trump used to do his little 
like a little round table of, of yes men and he would sit there and he would just fucking ramble on bullshit. That's what it feels with Tony Khan. It's like he brings all the people that are either on his payroll or he knows will suck his balls to try to get notoriety. And he'll just line them up there and it'll be like, all right, you're not going to ask these questions. You're not going to ask these. You're just going to throw me fluff things. And I'm just going to sit here because I'm coked out of my gourd and I'm just going to fucking talk. Allegedly. There is, if if that man um, is not on drugs, he needs to get a CT scan. <laughs> no, that's what that was one of my favorite tweets from the weekend. Was uh, I don't remember who it was, but uh, had that clip of Tony sitting next to CM Punk with the with the, with the caption, "If you if you make your staff try to, um, what's the word, dictate this this video, that's a crime against humanity." <laughs> I tell you, it's and and people will sit there and and like they'll talk about all oh, the the quarterly call. Vince McMahon said like five words. It's like yeah, because he doesn't have, because he's a smart individual and knows give them just what they need and don't make yourself look like a fucking idiot. <laughs> he keeps it. He keeps it short and to the point. Oh, oh, no, no. Can can we hold on? Uh, because there's a certain point in this pay per view we need to talk about where Tony Khan does a lot to make himself look like a fucking well, idiot. But we'll, we'll get there. In the shortest match on the card, Jade Cargill beats Anna Jay. Not by much. <laughs> it's just, well, he's only five... It's only five seconds shorter than the award. That's true. That's true. Uh, this match, of course, featured Jade Cargill and Anna Jay forgetting who was supposed to elbow who at why at a certain point. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> This match was like the blind leading the blind. This is it was so bad. This is why this is why you had to remind some people wrestling is hard. <laughs> it's not easy. And when it is done right, it could look effortless. And when it was done wrong, it can be this match. And Oh, I was um yeah, I was texting one of my buddies during this match and I said uh, there's some really dangerous botches going on here. It's kind of hard to watch. This is the reason why WWE turns around and goes, Hey, uh, Natalia, get your stupid ass over here. You're going to go down and you're going to work some matches in NXT because you need somebody who knows what they're doing in order to lead the match. And when you have two people who started wrestling last year, both in the same match together, you get this match. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Jade Cargill is not a good wrestler. And no. if Jade Cargill was in WWE, she'd be a much better wrestler by now. Yep. Same with same with Anna Jay. And again, they're very they're beautiful women, but <laughs> they don't eat. and and yes, I know that they have trainers and stuff like that. They are not getting the reps and they're not getting the reps where it counts. They're good. They're they're out there and they're trying to put on good matches, but they're not doing those matches that are not shown on TV, that are not shown to anybody, that are just in an empty ring surrounded by fellow wrestlers, where they're doing the basic stuff, and and getting in their time and getting their practice in. That's what's not happening. So, not just those matches, but. I understand the WWE schedule is crazy. It's it's ridiculous. It's it's even worse years ago. But it's a lot of dates on the road. But that's when you practice your match with your few. And there's so many good wrestlers in AEW. 
who are out there and both guys have no idea what they're doing because they haven't had the time to go on the road and practice mm-hmm. the match. And it's a shame because there's some really good wrestlers in this company that come off looking really dumb yeah. some nights. All you have to do is watch NXT 2.0 and watch like Tiffany Stratton and be like, lady, three months ago you looked like a hot garbage. And now you, you're you still hot. But <laughs> looks ten times better. And you look at Lash Legend, you're like, you suck, but you're real. You're actually getting pretty good in the ring. <laughs> you know, you're starting to see the development of a lot of these people. And I've just been seeing in the couple of weeks that I've been watching the show, where I'm like, I was like, wow, they know what they're doing down there. And when you see things like, oh, this guy got released, and you're like, well, why did he get released? There's probably a reason for it. Like Harlan got released because he wasn't that good of a wrestler, and he wasn't getting any better. You know, and they had that one chick who who it was like, oh, she had been there three years, and it's like she never appeared on NXT. If you're there for three years and you never appeared on NXT, you're probably not a good wrestler. <laughs> yeah. Now there are some people that the WWE hangs on to way too long, and they still can't wrestle, and they haven't learned, and it's been ten years, and they should probably release Dana Brooke. I'm just saying there are some people that just. <laughs> They're never going to get it. Never See, but, uh, but at least they're not in there with people who, who also don't know right. what they're doing. And the, and the big difference with Dana Brooke is the fact that she's not really wrestling right now. Anyways, <laughs> she's a comedy character now because they're like, That's yeah, true. you know what? I, I mean, I, I can assume with that it's got to be that people like her backstage. But she's not going for the world championship or anything like that, you know? She's fucking Dana Brooke. She's in the 24-7 ship title picture. So they at least understand with that. It's like, yeah, we know what we got with you. We'll keep you around for a little bit until one of the other, until, like, Wayne Chu is ready to come up here and we'll take your place. All right. On on the note of uh, Tiffany Stratton, they had that match last week at NXT. It was her and, what's her name, Fallon? Fallon Henley. In, in mm-hmm. the tournament. Um I will give I will give Stratton credit for that uh, knees springboard yeah. senton that she does. That mm-hmm. looks good. Uh, but then moments later, she completely fucked up a sunset flip. Sure. So both of those women I, I wrote down have potential. There's definitely potential yeah. there, but that match. Right. That's, that's why it's a breakout. Yeah, exactly. And and yeah, everyone. Uh, you'll get the people who will tune into that and be like, oh, they shouldn't be on TV. But then they'll sit there and fucking watch Dynamite and watch like the, or the watch this match here and be like yeah it was great it's like no it wasn't <laughs> like there's a difference between being on a fucking pay-per-view that people pay for and being on just a normal tv show nxt 2.0 which continues to tell you like this is where the stars are born this is where you can watch the people go it's like it's like watching college football and being like that guy potentially could be drafted and you know become a star and to, to be fair to Tiffany Stratton, she was a replacement. She wasn't supposed to be in the spot. No. Yeah. So maybe she really hasn't had time to work with, with um, Fallon. Fallon. Fallon Henry. Yeah. But no, she, she still did really good, and, and she's got the character worked on, which is what WWE is looking for. They're looking for characters, you know, because Shocker, the TV show with the least amount of wrestling, is the TV show watched by most people. <laughs> uh, yes, then we get... Oh, 
do do we do we want to talk about the Hardy Boys on uh, the the sorry the the Young Bucks on? I don't Hardy think Boys? so, but if you want to, <laughs> oh, they dressing dress up, up like the, the Hardy Boys and coming out with Gangrel, which that made no sense. Which but is, then also Cutler came out as Lita. I was gonna say which is only mentioned which is only really mentionable because Brendan Cutler dressed up like Lita, thong and all. So then, I will say I did I did chuckle at the Bucks coming out dressed like the Hardys. And then Gangrel completely whiffing. What I didn't chuckle at is that the Hardys then came out in the pay-per-view wearing that same gear in the same size. <laughs> and on, and so the, the, the young Hardys fought uh, the, the team of Taylor Rust and John Cruz. Hey, Sal, I know those cor- guys. Sal, of course, you and I know that John Cruz is Serpentico. <laughs> is, so is Taylor Rust Fuego del Sol? No, he's Tyler Rust from NXT. Original Diamond yep. Line guy. Still wearing the same fucking trunks. Yeah, well. Whatever. All right, the House of Black. Div- no, whoa, 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 whoa. There, there were some debuts in this match that I. Oh, was I also have, I also have one by. note from that match as well. So, <laughs> so, so Mark uh, Mark Sterling cripples his way to ringside. Yes. And he slides he slides the crutch in the ring. And, and Anna, Anna manages it. Anna yep. manages to wrestle the the crutch away from from. Uh, Jade Cargo hits Jade with the crutch does a Russian leg sweep or whatever the fuck it was with the crutch doesn't get the win nope so fuck you Anna okay you used a weapon you hit it clean not not even worse um and then yeah who shows up Stokely Hathaway shows up which is weird cause I thought he was done with oh weird how that happens <laughs> Yeah. Money, 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 money. Uh, so sure. apparently, uh, money bags came to call uh, him. Uh, well, apparently Jade was uh, like, no, I want a black manager now. So, so he's her new manager. And then after that, we get a really nice moment where they're beating down Anna Jay, and Chris Statlander comes out, and she goes face to face with Jade, and I, Chris. I literally, literally was like, yes, this. This could work. I could see Chris Statlander as the TBS champion. Close. Chris Statlander, who was acting like a heel on her match on Rampage against Ruby Soho, yes. is now, two days later, back to being a yep. face again? Sure. Okay. Match me. Right. What got me was anything I felt for Statlander, you killed... Because then all of a sudden, oh, kids, about Chris Statlander, here's Athena. And I was like, well, what the fuck did you bring out Chris Statlander for? Because they needed to have a three-on-three standoff. You just made her feel so much less than. Well, we have to set up the next Dark episode. Which is... Troy, you, you were... Um, you mentioned a few weeks ago you thought that they were going to sign it. Well, yeah, she fed better her way into it. You talk yeah. enough shit about, about WWE, you get signed. Well, they Ron said Strowman I had to have my titties out. <laughs> Braun Strowman still hasn't gotten signed. No, Thank Braun God. Strowman signed with Control Your Narrative. Not Braun Strowman. Not Bra- Ryback. Okay, that's different. <laughs> that is very different because... I got my big dumb guy. Because Ryback, nobody will touch him because they all know he's a fucking twat. Look. It's a lunatic. Athena was, yeah, 
they had this whole thing where they've been talking about for weeks where it's like, oh, they've talked with her, but they didn't really have any plans for her because she's black. And then now apparently they've got some plans for her, and it was like, she she is, I guess, being she was getting brought in for a couple of matches and then it might lead to more is what the talk what the talk was because they because they still they cannot commit to a black woman other than Jade Cargill so she's being brought in to lose the pretty game. much yeah so it's it's look here's here's the 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 uh, long and short of it Athena sucks like she did not look good in NXT she could not fucking figure out a character on her own. She couldn't even remember what her character was half the time. Like, and she's injury prone to shit. So her coming into AEW where they don't have that support system, I don't feel like she's going to be able to do very well because she's still See that? What's that? That's that's where you're wrong. Oh yeah. She's a she's a game changer. That's right. She is a game changer. I forgot. Yes, because she is changing changing the game from a PlayStation 5 game to Atari Pong. So, yeah, it, I'm I'm curious to see what character she's going to bring in. Uh if she remembers the Athena way or something like that. I'm also curious to see if she's going to continue to wrestle with her tits out and her ass hanging out because of course that was uh, a real bad thing worked for her just fine before she signed with WWE. During when she signed with WWE, and I'm sure it'll work after. But she'll bitch about it for sure. Um, yeah, I, I kind of think you hit it on the head. I don't, I don't know if she's uh, she might have less appearances on AEW than Jay White did. Yeah, so and he's white. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's gonna announce a pay per view. Yes. She, she's going to lose to Jade at one of those stupid summer special dynamites. You know, fight for the Fallon or whatever. Um, <laughs> fight for the Fallon, I think. And then, uh, and then we're never going to see her again. I mean... Until she shows up yeah. in Impact. Anyway. anyway. What was the uh, House of Black defeated Death Triangle. See, th- this is a perfect example. Six... Six wrestlers who don't get the reps, who go in there and fuck up yeah. everything. It was a mess. It was a fucking mess. Well, you've got you've got Malakaliki Laka, who again is making making way more than MJF, and you've got Brody King, who is just fat Malachi Black, and then you've got Buddy Matthews, who is really good, but continues to be the fucking third wheel on everything. And then you've got Pac, who wrestles, what, three times a year? And the Lucha Bros, who are really good, but need the right dance partner. Like, they are... They have a style, they're super fucking good, they're super fucking fast. And if you can't keep up, it's gonna look like shit. And guess what happens? They couldn't keep up. (laughs) So, yeah... But hey, remember remember uh, how Malachi Black uh, jizzed in Julia White's face? Not Julia White, Julia Hart. Uh, like six mm-hmm. months ago, that finally paid off. And that <laughs> appeared. Yeah, aren't you thrilled? She's finally with them now. <laughs> this is like 
I just I just can't believe this because of course the AW faithful are beating their dicks over the fact that it's long term storytelling. It's not long term storytelling if your first episode is six months ago and your second episode then shows up six months later. That's just poor storytelling that it took that long. She literally did nothing for six months other than sit on the fucking steps and cry with an eye patch on. That was it. <laughs> and then suddenly she did. They even had an opportunity two months ago when the the fucking House of Black was facing off against the, the Varsity Blondes. They had an opportunity there and still did nothing with it. And then what did we have? Three weeks ago? No, but she was no, but she was like being a bitch or something. Yeah. And then three weeks ago, they had another opportunity to turn her heel. And she was like, no, I'm scared. And now all of a sudden she's like, no, fuck all that. I'm good now. It makes sitting no there, sense. Sitting there crying yeah. with my patch on. Julia Hart, the It makes part. no fucking sense. Do you, know, do you know what it feels like? It feels like, uh, I'm being dead serious, and children of the 90s will remember this. You wanted to go see a movie in the theater so bad, right? Because everybody else saw the movie in the theater. And your parents were like, no, wait till it comes out on video. And you're like, no, because it's too late by then. I want to see it now. And they're like, no. And then, like, seven months later, they're like, hey, remember that movie? Look, we rented it. And you're like, who gives a fuck now? It's that Jim Gaffigan bit. I saw heat. Yeah, it's just... It came out 20 years ago. It was just too too far in between. And it, it lost it lost all the steam on it. Not that there was that much to begin with, because it's like, it's Julia fucking Hart who gives a shit. And it's Malachi Black who they can't fucking figure out what to do with. And it's like, oh good, now... But they all painted their face real cool. <laughs> yes, they all they all looked like Tony Khan did after the first match. <laughs> and now Julia Hart joins the House of Black, who literally, what was it, this was like their first win in a couple of months, right? <laughs> Because yeah. they lose a lot, mm. and they also uh, Death, Death Triangle accompanied the ring by Alex Abrahantes and Pentagon Junior Jr. I, guess. <laughs> I don't even know if that was a little boy or a little girl. Who was that child? I think it was Pentas. Yeah. Uh, to answer your question from before, uh, Troy, Pac has appeared uh, on Dynamite on February second. Oh wow! <laughs> February twenty third. Okay. Uh, the the Revolution 2022 buy-in, um, Dynamite 127 against Wheeler Yuta on March 9th, uh, Rampage episode 41 on May 11th. And, Wait, uh, we go from March 9th. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And then uh, this past episode of Dark and the Pink. Okay, so sorry, seven so, matches, and we're well. Six, because one of them was True. dark. Six matches, and we're just about to reach the sixth month. So he wrestles about once a month, on average. Money well spent. <laughs> so so glad that he uh, he bitched his way out of WWE. Again, another person who WWE <laughs> released because he was unhappy. Weird, huh? Uh, Bruno, Jason, myself, and God's Juggalo got a point for that one. <clears throat> so... Hey, T says, Brian Pillman Jr. with a 90s emo ex-boyfriend tweet of, I knew there was no saving you. 
it's time that we uh, we drop a little knowledge about the Owen Hart tournaments. We have the tournament files finals first, starting with Adam Cole Bebe beating Samoa Joe. Everybody except for Dico Loco and Sal got a point for that one. And as if that wasn't enough and you didn't realize it already with Adam Cole winning it, that meant, of course, that Brick Breaker was going to get another win over Ruby Soho, where everyone but Brandy and Bruno got a point. So your Owen Hart champions are Britt Baker and Adam Cole. Baby. Awesome. <laughs> Britt Baker was one years old when Owen Hart died. <laughs> and... Now, although our conversation earlier, now I understand why the fuck she's on TV so much. Well, yeah. If they're paying her yeah. 500000 a year. Adam Cole was two? Three. Adam Cole was three when Owen Hart died. Not to, not to say that, you know, that they, they should have had some old I guy. I say, I don't want Mark Henry Right, right. But... <sighs> but it's so nice that we can finally celebrate him once again inside the square circle. Yeah. Now, at least with Adam Cole, that's that's somebody who kind of matches the Owen Hart style, the, the technical aspect of it. That's not Britt Baker. Britt Baker is not a good wrestler, first of all. She was gassed two minutes into this match. Ruby Soho would have been the better choice, as she more aligned with what it was, and you didn't have to bury her further, because now she's lost twice to Britt Baker. Very yeah. <laughs> uh, in a match where Ruby said prior to this, "I need yeah. to win this tournament," but you didn't. So. Oh well, too bad. So bad. <laughs> um, not, to, not to mention, and not to be overlooked, that AEW decided to do the um, Brett versus Owen WrestleMania 10 finish. Uh, the victory roll that then gets reversed. So, Brett the heel won over Ruby, uh, clean as a sheet. And um, then I found out that this entire thing was pretty much to celebrate Martha Hart. Not really having anything to do with Owen. This was all about Martha getting her moment. Martha, Martha, Martha. You're not kidding. Uh, she had a speech after they presented these horrendous belts to... For, the, for those to, of you who uh, aren't watching us on Twitch, Sal Adam made Cole. me listen to the speech before we started recording the show. Yes, because I wanted someone else's opinion on it. I made it... A, I, made, I don't know how... I can't say I made it halfway through because I don't know how long it is, but I certainly didn't make it to the end. Yeah, what'd you think, buddy? Martha Hart has a speaking voice that is like a low drone if you just stand underneath a thousand helicopters and it's the same tone over and over and there's no emotion to anything that she's saying. And I want to thank my legal team. Oh, no, no, no. I, <laughs> I would disagree with that. There was 
There wasn't emotion. There was spite. <laughs> because that's when you heard her voice kind of turn up when she goes, we're finally able to celebrate Owen in the squared circle. Why can't we sell? Why? Why haven't we been able to celebrate him in the squared circle? Gee, Martha, why don't you tell us why? It was just so weird. It was so, like, self-serving. And, oh, uh, speaking of Tony Khan earlier making a fool out of himself, he hugged Martha before she got on stage. And then, yeah, like, he brought, he he brought her, her out because And because it's Tony Khan, he brought her out in the most awkward way possible, hugging her by the arm and with his other hand pointing at her. Like, ah, oh, 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 hey. Yep. And then he hugs her, and then he hugs her, like, too long and it's uncomfortable and we're all like Ugh. <laughs> it got weird with Tony Khan and Martha it really it always gets weird with right. Tony Khan yeah that's true I found the video by the way we can no. play it later if you want <laughs> <laughs> if you make somebody transcribe this for your wrestling news website you're a domestic terrorist is what the tweet says So, uh, oh, and they're going to be doing this tournament every year. So, Adam mm. Cole and Britt Baker are the 2022 champions. Does that mean they just give up the belt next year? I guess. Well, MJF hasn't given up the ring yet. True. So, six of the ten televised wins for Ruby Soho have been in tournaments. First, the uh, TBS tournament, then the Owen Hart tournament. And, of course, she lost both of those in the finals. Oh, I forgot. Um, Rancid played Ruby out to the ring. Yeah. For those... He can pay Rancid whatever booking fee they wanted, but he can't pay him. <laughs> First of all, I was shocked they're still alive. I was shocked they were still alive. Yeah. Uh, they look like 800 yeah. years old. But anyway. So, as as you could tell by the fact that only two people got both of these wrong, we all knew that this was what they were booking. Adam Cole and Britt Baker to win it. Which is, is not good booking for everyone to sit there and be like, we already know that your, your idea of a power couple in Adam Cole and Britt Baker winning the O&R tournaments and getting the fucking Wheat Thin titles, like... <laughs> that, that was clearly always going to be the direction. Just like Jade Cargill was always going to win the T- TBS tournament. You know, there's a lot of these foregone conclusions, and Adam Cole winning this Owen Hart tournament doesn't erase the terrible booking he's had since he got he joined AEW. Speaking of terrible booking. American Top Team beat Kaz, Guevara, and Tay. And apparently the stipulation was is that if they did in fact beat them, Kaz and Guevara can't challenge for the TNT title until Sky loses it. By the way, Jason and Adam get a point for answering no. They would not they're not going to book the TNT title on this card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now you have Scorpio Sky 
and the two guys that he's been feuding with now can't challenge for his belt. First yes. question. Why the fuck is Frankie with Sammy? When did, when did that Good question. Happen? Oh, well, you, you haven't been watching the, the product, so it did happen like three weeks ago. Did it? Okay. I watched this past week's Dynamite and Ryan Rampage. Um, where so it on was on, on Rampage. Where on um, Dynamite we're told, uh, you know, because they smashed the title with yep. a sledgehammer, we're told that Dan Lambert has, from his own pocket, commissioned a custom TNT championship. Mm-hmm. Scorpio Sky, and then on Rampage they they reveal this custom TNT Championship for Scorpio Sky, which is the fucking TNT Championship on a gold strap. It's the same fucking belt. It's got purple on it. Yeah. Well, see. It, oh, I like it. I, I like it a lot. Better. I like it too. Here's here's the. He, it's, it's barely. Well, custom. and and here's the issue. You're doing this for every champion, having them have their own belt. Why is it suddenly this time that we have to do a storyline for why he gets a new belt and not just, <laughs> hey, just like the rest of the guys before him, he's getting a custom belt? Because it's to me, it's like, oh, so we're going to give a custom belt to Sammy Guevara, we're going to give a custom belt to Miro, and but not the black guy. <laughs> no, no, we have to come up with a reason for him to get a custom belt. Dan Lambert's like, no, yeah. I got this one. This one's on me. This is like, why did you stop that tradition suddenly? <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. In a match for... So, full dis- full disclosure, this is as far as the pay-per-view as I've That's good, because we're, we're running out of time. We still have two more predictions things to do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly randomly beats Darby Allen. You were so concerned that Darby was. I was. I can't believe it. Probably because. Are you kidding? Darby, Darby threw out that challenge right there on Rampage two days before the pay per view. Two days before the pay per view. For no fucking reason. Well, uh, 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 because Kyle. You just got disturbed all of a sudden? (laughs) (laughs) Kyle hurt his dad. So he wants revenge. Whatever. Nobody gives a shit. Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa beat Serena Deeb, and everyone got a point because nobody thought that Serena Deeb was going to going to beat beat uh, Thunder Rosa. By the, by the way, just to remind you all, this does not count in our growing tally of how many minutes T- Thunder Rosa has been on TV because this was a pay per view. <laughs> so she still has not she still has uh, not wrestled on TV since winning the title. She looked really good in this match, though. I will say that. Obviously, she know she you know, we know Thunder Rosa. Well, yeah, you've got Serena Deeb, who was a former trainer for WWE after she removed her titties, and so we know she knows how to wrestle. Thunder Rosa is uh, probably one of their best wrestlers that they got on their roster. So yeah, of course this is going to be a good match. It's just you know we had to book it as fed bad, and we couldn't yeah. figure out how to get Thunder Rosa on TV at all. Now, everybody got a point for that. Let me tell you what match nobody got a point for. That would be the next match. Because nobody thought that the Jericho Circle Jerk was going to beat X-Lax, Eddie Kingston, John Moxley, and Brian Danielson. 
you know, the brand new Blackpool Combat Club. Nobody thought Chris Jericho and his losers were going to beat two main event talent guys, Eddie Kingston, who is one of their best guys, and one of the best tag teams they have around there. Nobody thought that. But it happens. I feel like Jason did mention that it could well, happen. Well, obviously it could happen. It did happen. Um, did he end up... He must not have ended up not... No, because he had the right sense to be like, that it doesn't make any sense for Jericho to get the win here. He's walking around calling himself a Grand Wizard and throwing flash paper in people's eyes. And he beat Brian Danielson and John Moxley. Let that sink in for you. Oh, I, I don't disagree that Jericho should not have gotten the win, but they they did it so that Kingston can fight with Brian Daniels. Of course. Because that's that was the big deal, is that they couldn't get along in the match. Um, first of all, I, I, I know we've talked about it at nauseum on this network, that all the, the, the blood and guts just really isn't our taste. But what bothered me, I guess, was that um, I think it was um, not Parker. Who's the other guy in 2.0? Menard. 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 Yeah. He oh, was... Menard. He must have caught a vein like one minute into the match because oh, he was covered in blood. And I was just like, what the fuck are we even doing? He didn't even touch him yet. And he's already bleeding out like Dustin yeah. Rhodes. So, it was a fuck. It was a mess. I'm sure. Look, and the other thing, too, you built up this whole thing. Eddie Kingston comes down and he, he throws gasoline on top of Jericho. Which we know he's not going to actually set him on fire. That's not going to fucking happen. But... Eddie Kingston, who was built as the baby face in this feud, who needs to get his revenge, well, they lost. He didn't get his revenge. Kingston is a chump. And Jericho walks away scot-free. So what was the point? <laughs> it's more schizophrenic booking. Yeah. Jurassic Express... Beat Swerve and his glory and Team Taz. Fetus Rodhausen and Sal were the only two people who picked Jurassic Park to retain. Why? Because it's the wrong call to make. You now on uh, on on Dynamite. Uh, this week on Dynamite. This week on, on Dynamite. We had a a triple threat match. Between uh, Richard Starks, uh, Swerve, and and Jumping Jacks, and I thought that only uh, uh, only that other company did uh, triple threat singles matches featuring members of the triple threat tag title match at the pay per view this weekend. You thought wrong. Um. So here's the thing. I I didn't think. That Swerve and Keith Lee, or 
or Ricky Starks and and Powerhouse Hobbs were going to be tag champs. I mean, I, I guess I, I could have saw Keith Lee, but I, I had said it last week. I didn't want him. I didn't want them just sticking a tag title on him. That felt completely forced. So yeah, to me, Jurassic Express was going to retain because these weren't like real challengers. But the match was all right. Sure. But again, the issue is that the two game changers in Swerve and His Glory lost again. And so you have Keith Lee continuing to not do anything in your company. You've got uh, Swerve Johnson, or whatever the fuck he's called now, and he's continuing to not do anything. And instead, we got the cold as ice Jurassic Express retaining the belts. Just because your crowd out there will sing along to Jungle Boy's song doesn't mean they're actually over. They're not. They that that has that ship has sailed when you decided to just fucking stop booking them, or only booking them for Rampage. They're not as over as they once were. Nobody cares about Christians there, which is fucking atrocious. Because I love Christian, <laughs> and they have completely fucked that over. Like, I don't know, man. It just it doesn't make any sense to me. And we seem to be doing that um that snail pace yeah. booking with the uh, long term storytelling because Christian picked up Jungle Boy in his shoulders after the match to celebrate and Luchasaurus kind of looked at him like, hey, yeah. hmm. well, of course. So you know, so maybe in 2028 they'll pay that off. This is this is the this is the problem with AEW. It's either. Either booking at a snail's pace or full fucking speed ahead. There's no, like, in-between. There's no proper pacing on things. Sorry, uh, Adam, go ahead. I was going to say, I will, I will say that since they won the titles back in January, they they have defended the titles more times than Pac has been on the <laughs> So there is that. Sure. Um. <laughs> it's a literal who's who's of who gives a shit. But yeah. Uh, they've they've had they've had seven title defenses so far successful title defenses so far. That's better than the guy we got coming up next, <laughs> because our main event, the AEW World Title, where Adam Page got a chance to prove how awesome he is as a champion, because he beat Kenny Omega. But as soon as he beat Kenny Omega, he disappeared because he was injured, so we didn't really beat him at 100%. Then, of course, he couldn't beat Brian Danielson in an hour-long match for his first title defense. Then he magically was able to beat Brian Danielson in half that time. Then he went to a gimmick match with Lance Archer and needed to have a hardcore match to beat him. Then he beat Adam Cole. Then he beat Dante Martin. <laughs> then he beat Adam Cole in a fucking Texas death match, because of course he did, by making him Jesus. And then he lost to CM Punk. That's right. Six title matches, five wins, one draw, and he lost. Now, that's part one. Part two of this, 
not only that, Brandy, Jason, myself, Sal, and Adam got a point for CM Punk winning. But I am so fucking sick of Bret Hart. Ah. <laughs> Here's the thing. That motherfucker's not dead. He completely overshadowed shadowed his dead brother's tournament. And when somebody pays homage to somebody, like say, oh, it's Eddie Guerrero's birthday, so Sasha Banks comes out. Let's do some yeah, three we do some Three Amigos, Sasha Banks comes out in his gear, something like that. I am 100% cool with that. I love that. If, uh, if a wrestler dies... We'll have a couple of, sadly, we'll have a couple of, of references to him. I'm 100% okay with that. Not great with the fact that now every fucking AW Dynamite starts with a, a, it's Wednesday, you know what that means, but whatever. Why the fuck does every CM Punk match have to just be 95% of a Bret Hart match? This one included. This was the WrestleMania 8 match. Because you had Roddy Piper, who's got the ring bell in his hands, and he just—he's just so conflicted. He can't—he just can't win the the match that way. And then you've got the Wang Man sitting there with a the title belt, and he's going, "Oh, I just can't win the match this way. Why can't I do that?" And then CM Punk hits one of the worst-looking go to sleeps ever <laughs> to win the championship after being gassed after five fucking minutes in this match and numerous times stumbling over his own dick. <laughs> but CM Punk is your champion. I did, see the, I did see the clip online of him attempt appearing to attempt the mm-hmm. buckshot and fucking uh-huh. up his lip <laughs> and then thinking, sure, I'm sure it'll work the second time. And did it again. <laughs> and fucking yep. it up the second time. That happens. CM Punk, the needle mover is your AEW world champion. Because fuck any of these young guys, and fuck Wingman. Well, you know, I thought that match was really good. You know, I'll give it a 4 to 10. There you go. Okay. Let me address the breast. The breast? First. <laughs> go ahead. Um, address the, the breast. I thought that Hangman, excuse me, Wingman, promised us no Bret Hart tributes so that CM Punk could jerk off to himself. And instead, like you said, and if there's anybody on this network that knows WrestleMania 8, it, it's this guy. Um, yeah, that was the Roddy Piper finish, and I had no problem with, with Britt and, and Ruby doing the Owen finish from WrestleMania 10. Because it was the Owen Hart tournament. Why? Not only did we get a copy of a finish, but I, I had actually wrote them down in my notes. Um, wow, nothing like this white meat baby face of unsure of himself, Adam Page. Like, pretty self-conscious, uh, uh, I always doubt myself, Adam Page. That's, that's what he's been. He hasn't been a champion who's who's brave or a champion who who fights relentlessly. No, he's been a fucking sorry sack of shit. <laughs> and this this kind of furthered that. Like, 
oh, I really should hit him, but I don't know. I don't want to be a bad guy. Like, that's the guy yes, that, that, that I'm that, supposed to cheer for? That amazing, that amazing long-term two-year storytelling between Adam Page and Kenny Omega that finally resulted in Adam Page overcoming and winning the title and then having one of the worst title reigns in the history of the company. Yep. Adam Page, in this entire time, even when the build-up to Kenny, he was portrayed as a loser who can't get out of his own head. Yeah. And and uh, at Double or Nothing, they doubled down on that. Now, as far as Punk winning the title, the minute he signed with AEW, I figured at some point he was going to win well, the title. Well, yeah, it's... Of course, Tony yeah, can't it's, help it's a, it's a girl course. man playing with his fucking toys, is what this is. And he... Did I think he would take it off of Hangman? No. I, I thought, if anything... It would be down the line, maybe next year, somebody else's champ. I don't know. But uh, this... And, and here's the thing. This is a CM Punk fan saying this. He was terrible in this yeah. match. His timing was off. He was slow as shit. Um, obviously, he was trying to do moves he has no business doing. And um, it, it was one of their worst... Both of these guys was one of their worst matches I've seen them have since Punk came back. And, and for what? You know? Like, at the end of the night, I kind of thought maybe Kenny would come back. Because that would be kind of fun. That would be kind of fun to have Kenny and Punk stare down. Uh, no, we didn't even get that. So, I have no answers for why now and what you do next. Yep. So, with three points... The house that took a local fucked in. Four points. The soon to be recognized as Dr. Bruno Tomas. Six points. Uh, Adrenaline in my soul, Brandy Rhodes. With seven points, Sal and San Fetus Rodhausen. With eight points, myself and God's Juggalo. With nine points, Adam. And with ten points, Jason. So, congratulations. Yet again to Jason. Alright. I can see that NXT has decided to fuck me by announcing a uh, sixth match tonight for In Your House, which of course is not going to be on the predictions thread because I made it this morning. But (laughs) you can go ahead and hold on over to rundownwrestling.com right now and you can make some predictions with us. I guess before I leap into that, was there anything else that we wanted to say about Double or Nothing before we move on? I thought, honestly, I thought a lot of the guys and girls worked hard. It's just a shame that the booking had no direction whatsoever going into the show, and not much coming out of it. Uh, I would say this was a great wrestling show from top to bottom. No matches were stinkers, and you'll get a ton of entertainment value from this show. Highlights are MJF getting destroyed by Wardlow, Rancid's performance, and the absolute insanely great anarchy in the arena match. 
Uh, you can add to this the uh, catharsis of CM Punk winning his first AEW world title. If you're a Punk fan, it's absolutely worth seeing just for that, even if the match is maybe a B-plus match. Hangman Page had better matches with Omega and Danielson. It is a long show, but nothing really dragged. All right. Thank you for reading whatever cage match review um, that was. That was a 10.0 review from Wrestleham. Of course it is. Even if the match what? was a B... Okay. <laughs> what would you what would you guys give this out of 10 no 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 what were your thoughts on the night well I, again I, I didn't see the whole show okay um, what I saw was okay yeah um, not the best not, not, not the best AEW pay-per-view that I've, that I've seen for sure um, I, I didn't hate the the Cole Joe match. I, I, I thought that was enjoyable for what it was. Um, but, yeah, the, what, the matches that I did watch, there was not a lot. Not a lot there. And again, I only watched based on how many fucking matches there were. I watched half the show. But I don't know that, based on listening to you guys talk about the rest of it, I don't know that I'm going to go back to it. So, to, to finish I mean, it up, so. You might want to just so you can kind of see it for yourself, because maybe there was some things that weren't as bad. Maybe by that point, I would... And, and that's the other thing. To be fair, I didn't watch it live. I watched it, like, in three different sittings. So if I had to sit there from 7 o'clock till 12.30, You're right. I might have been even more, like, critical. We've said it. We've said it before. I will say it again. They need to fucking rein in their pay-per-views. That was way, way too long. This, this is uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. 12 matches. Yeah. Plus, plus the one match on the buy-in. Plus. 13 matches for a pay-per-view. It's way too fucking mm. many. At most, it should be 7 or 8. Yeah. All right. It's got a seven point seven six. Well, of course it does. I, I, you can't look at that shit. <laughs> okay. So, uh, before we get into it, just just one little thing, last thing to close the book on uh, AEW. Um, we are not going to say who the other individual was but it was reported that Jake Atlas was arrested for domestic abuse uh, apparently a incident that happened between him and his boyfriend um, so he is apparently released but they are expecting that he's going to be charged and there has been no word on if AEW is going to do anything because as you remember Jake Atlas is all elite So, let's go ahead and do our NXT in your house predictions. Before we get to the predictions, I want to say the first time chat in my first time chatter in my chat wants us to know. Avenging Pineapple wants us to know. Mad Dog Vashon was the best wrestler of all time. Prove me wrong. Okay. He'd crush any of today's wrestlers. He was the Ali of wrestling. He certainly had a leg for the business. Nice. All right. <laughs> Rundownwrestling.com. Go ahead and put your predictions up and follow along with us. Go ahead. You said we're doing it in your butt first. first, yep. 
That's not the way it is on the website. Shut up, bitch. Scroll, scroll yeah, do you, down. Yeah, do you Plus, happen to know? I'm do you happen to there. know which event is happening first? In your house. It's Saturday. Hell is hell is Sunday. Uh, the NXT Women's Tag Team titles are on the line. Toxic Attraction, Gigi Dolan, and JC Jane as the current champions. Sorry, I don't know why that didn't show up on there. Uh, against Katana Chance and Caden Carter. That's not their real name, but it should be Chance and Carter. Uh, <laughs> Sal. KC, KC? Uh, yeah, I'll go with uh, Katana and Caden. Okay. Adam. Um... I'll go with Toxic Attraction. All right, I'm going Toxic Attraction, too. I don't think they're done yet. Uh, so, spoiler alert for NXT, Indy Hartwell is not in this match anymore. So if you have already put in your your predictions for Indy Hartwell winning this match, we're going to go ahead and move your, your predictions over to Wendy Chu. So, NXT Women's title, Mandy Rose defends against Wendy Chu. That's it. No triple threat match. No, I do not know why Andy Hartwell is not in the match anymore. I will let you know tomorrow. <laughs> Adam, who do you want? Mandy Rose or Wendy Choo Choo Choo? Um, I just want to briefly mention that how many times they talked about fucking balls on an XT 2.0 last week when talking yes. about Mandy Rose. And it made me laugh every time. Um... Wade Barrett saying, emptying the ball bag on Mandy, I'm sure, you know. Um, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's Wendy. No. I don't think it is, so. If if you hadn't said that Indy Hartwell was not in the match anymore, I probably would have gone with Indy. But uh, since she's not, I'll yeah. go with Mandy. Again, I have no idea why, but she's not. So. Uh, yeah, I think it's Mandy. I, I don't think they're done with Toxic Attraction yet. I do think that we could potentially see uh, Cora or Roxanne be the ones to take out Mandy Rose, or potentially uh, Tiffany Stratton, if they want to go that route. Uh, there is a sixth match added to this, like I said, is not on it. Uh, Tony D'Angelo, Channing, Stax, Lorenzo, and Troy, Two Dimes, Donovan take on Legado del Fantasma, Santos Escobar, Cruz del Toro, and Joaquim Wild. And the losing team joins the winning team's family. Spoiler alert for that. Uh, so it's not on the predictions, but Adam, would you rather see Legado join uh, the Mafia, or would you rather see the Mafia join the Mexican Mafia? <laughs> It's got to be Legato losing. I would assume so. Because, uh, yeah. So if it were on the if it were on the poll, I would have to vote for Stacks and Dimes. <laughs> Sal? I agree with Adam. I think they want to continue to build the people around Tony D'Angelo. And that might lead to... Um, Santos getting written off and then debuting on SmackDown. But he has to join <laughs> the other guys. Yeah, but he could join for like a week That's or two true. and then like get beat up yeah, or something. I could see that. <laughs> um, yeah, I no matter what, these this has been probably one of my favorite storylines uh, of the new NXT. Yeah, this, These guys have been great. Oh uh, Santos telling them, fuck you, Tony, still 
It just makes me laugh. That was the best thing <laughs> I've ever seen on NXT. Hey, hey, Tony. hey, Tony. Fuck you. Fuck you. I was like... <laughs> yeah. Um, I I kind of do want to see Santos have to do Tony's... I believe it's two weeks ago. Um, Alright. The NXT Tag Team Championships... Pretty deadly, Elton Prince and Kit Wilson, which I loved you guys trying to figure out which what their fucking names were last week. <laughs> Elton John and the other one, <laughs> the other guy, Billy Joel. Uh, take on the Creed brothers, Brutus Creed and Julius Creed. Uh, Sal, I'm gonna go with pretty deadly. Adam, yes, boy. <laughs> Yeah, I like the Creed Brothers, but I, I, I think that most likely Roddy's going to fuck them, and it's going to start the feud yeah. there. That faction is in yes. shambles. So, so the Creeds will then have a feud with Roddy and Damon. Damon, Damon yep. Damon. Yeah, that, that seems to be it. Plus, it's uh, it's far too early to, uh, to get rid of our side play check. The NXT North American Championship, Cameron <laughs> Grimes versus Carmelo Hayes. And we do know that if Carmelo retains, Solo Sokoa will be the next person to get a title match. So, Adam, Cameron or Carmelo? This is tough, because I can see it going both ways, but... I, I'm going to say Cameron, and Carmelo moves on okay. to Braun. Sal? It's not bad. It's not bad, but I, I, I think Carmelo Hayes has more to do with this title. Okay. So I'm going to say Carmelo Hayes beats him. All right. This is a tough one. It, it is, which is good, because, yeah, you, you really can go either way. This and, and But... I think that if they want to crown Solo, it's got to be Carmelo Hayes. Even though he hasn't told him he's going to be next in line, he's going to be next in line. So I'm going Carmelo to re- to get ba- get this title back. Fair. And our main event, the NXT Championship, <laughs> Braun Breaker versus Joe Gacy. If Braun Breaker gets disqualified, Joe Gacy wins the championship. I gotta say, during during the main event this last week, I was getting real uh, John Cena Bray Wyatt sure. vibes. Um, there's got to be uh, Scott Steiner's got to have done something with somebody spoopy before, right? Rick Steiner talks. That's true. Spooky. That's true. I just so there's that. Every every <laughs> once in a while, I have to have to glance over at my notes when I'm typing them. And when I do, when Braun is talking, I'm just like, oh, that's right, it's Scott Steiner talking. <laughs> uh, Breaker returns. Adam? Yeah. Sal? Yep. yep, yep, yep. Oh, yeah, Breaker retains. Um, just to point something out, he looks like Rick. But he yes, he, like he has Scott Steiner's vocal cords in his throat. But yes, he looks sure. like his, his father. Go ahead and slap submit on that. Maybe the Eiffel Tower is. You know, <laughs> just the way just the way Sal said that, my brain immediately just filled it right into their WCW theme song. Anyway, it looks like Rick, but it sounds like God. 
<laughs> Maybe his mom's doing a double Ooh. shot. That's too many sperm samples. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and hit submit on that, and let's go ahead and do our Hell in a Cell predictions. You know, if me and my brother Rick, we double team you, there's a 29.5% chance that you'll make a little bricker. Uh, our so far only Hell in a Cell match announced Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins. Oh, Jesus. Adam. <laughs> you right over there? <laughs> mm, those of you that are listening at home can discover what I'm laughing at when you go to film this what? poll. <sighs> Cody. Sal? It'd be very giving for Seth Rollins to say, come in to WWE and beat me three times on pay-per-view in a row. Um, I think somebody cost Cody the match. Not exactly sure who yet, but... Uh, I'm just... <laughs> somebody cost Cody the match, and then that's his okay. next year. I'm going Rhodes as well. The Raw Women's Championship, Bianca Pelair, defends against Asuka and Becky Lynch. So, I think Bianca retains. Okay. But I think it's going to be a really, really good sure. match. Adam? Yeah, I don't think I don't think they'll take it off Bianca this quickly. Um, but yeah, this should be fabulous from, from Bell to Bell. Right I'm gonna go with Bianca as well. Um, I think that we just eventually spin Oscar and Becky off into their own feud and have Bianca do something with somebody else. Yeah. A two-on-one handicap match: Bobby Lashley against Almost and MVP. Adam. Fucking knew they were gonna do that. Uh, Bobby manages to trap almost underneath the uh, announce table and kicks him. Okay. Sell. So? so you say under the announce table. I say he duct tapes his feet. <laughs> well, you know how much I love duct tape. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So uh, yeah, still Bobby wins. All right. Yeah, I'm going Bobby Lashley. Normally, two-on-one handicap matches end with the one beating the two. A random-ass singles match, Ezekiel versus Kevin Owens. Sal. They didn't actually make a step saying No, 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 no that's, that's just my fun. That would be hilarious, because then I'd love to see how they get out of it. Um... This sucks, but it's going to be Ezekiel, isn't it? Yeah, probably. Adam? Uh, Shout out to the KO show on uh, last week's SmackDown. I laughed out loud when Sammy was like, yeah, they're the same guy. And Kevin just straight up just slow in and just (laughs) embraced him. Like, thank you, finally. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's Ezekiel. The United States Championship is defended for the first time on a pay-per-view since January. Theory defends his belt against Mustafa Ali. Atom? Theory. Sale? 
Holy shit, the United States champion. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, theory. Yeah, I think it's theory. Sorry, Mustafa. The undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships. The Usos defend against Nakabroa, Shinsuke, and Riddle. See, I wrote broken. I mean, there's so many different ways. <laughs> Shinsuke and Riddle. That's what they're doing at this pay per view. God. I also realized I didn't actually intend on combining Shinsuke and Nakamura together, but it, it's Shinsuka <laughs> on the thing. It's supposed to say Shinsuke. Nice. <laughs> uh, the Usos retain. They're not going to lose the belts to Nakamura and Riddle. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that whole storyline is that they have the undisputed titles and Bloodlines got them all, so. Also, shout out to the Usos for that, uh, that opening promo on SmackDown. For sure. This week. I really like But yeah, yeah they're going to win. The Club, Finn Balor, AJ Styles, and Liv Morgan take on The Judgment Day, which, by the way, is what they are called on the poster. The Judgment Day. Not just Judgment okay. Day. Edge, Damien, Pre. There's no, e, there's no E in Judgment. Well, there's one E in Judgment, not two. I don't give a fuck. Uh, Edge, Damien, well, no. <laughs> What are, what are you planning? Well, there's two E's in Edge, and so he makes up that other E. Uh, Edge, Damien Priest, and Rhea Ripley. Um, I, uh, sorry, Club, but I gotta go Judgment Day. Adam? Um, not knowing really any of the build for this match, because I haven't watched Raw in a month, uh, I gotta go with Finn Balor's All right, Sale? Uh, Judgment Day, you gotta have... This fact. All right. Um, where's the big dog? Why isn't he on the card? Uh, he is taking a break. Two titles. Yep. He'll be back for the next pay per view. Nice. He's only missing one. I know, but it's. See, this is why I didn't want them combining the fucking titles. Well, yeah. <laughs> but we got a, a U.S. championship match at least. We wouldn't have had that if we had a fucking Roman Reigns match. <laughs> I think they picked the wrong mid-card title. I'd rather see Gunther take it off and break Well, that might still happen. We do have we do have a SmackDown coming up before this, so... All right, go ahead and slap Smith on that bad bitch. And, uh, gentlemen, I think, uh, I think we're done. I think so. I want to thank Adam for staying awake past his bedtime. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was watching last week's NXT, and they did that backstage segment with uh, Cora Jade and what's her face? Roxanne Perez. And uh, they're like, "We're gonna go. We're gonna go out to ringside to watch this match." And I'm like, "Oh, it's it's a match. It's uh, Electro Lopez and the Jobbers just gonna get to Cora Jade." Because I didn't know the name Alba Fire. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's really right. <laughs> oh. I had, uh, I had missed that, uh, I had missed oh, yeah. that name change. We did get vignettes. She, she said, you know, I am now going to. Yeah, it, it actually makes sense. And she got like a, a full gimmick repackage, as you might have seen. I, I like the presentation. I don't know about you. But, I dig it. Yeah. You know what I don't like from first What's impressions? That? Max Dupree. Well, yeah, I get, it. I get it. I don't. Not maximum male models. Maximum male models. Yeah. That sounds. That sounds. Because you know what? Because it, it stands oh, we'll see, for. I guess. Mm. 
And then, you know, eventually, maybe we'll get mm, gorgeous. Get yep. Tyler Breeze back. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I was thinking that, too. He is back. Uh, if that's what it leads to, then I'm in, then I'm in favor of it. But I, often, from the first impression of him and Adam Pierce, I'm like, this sounds fucking Spoiler sick. alert, he is back on Up, Up, Down, Down. So... Yeah, speaking of which, um, hmm. was it last Friday on SmackDown or is it this Friday on SmackDown that Woods has to pick a tag team partner to go against? Um, <clears throat> that was last week when they had Drew McIntyre. That was, yeah. Oh, yeah. Was Drew, okay. I was hoping it was going to be... Uh, no, everyone Reyes. knew it was Drew. <laughs> Literally, oh. I was just like, Drew's not booked. He's the mystery person. There was, there was no reason for it to be a mystery in the first place. <laughs> yeah. All right, Sal, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. And I guess that means that we'll run your ass down next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.